0: $5 minimum balance required.
1: So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all, from the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers, all brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and buy. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting SportsCardInvestor.com. Collector. Dealer. Take it away. episode 18 the collector and
2: the dealer vintage modern everything else in today's sports card world tomorrow's million dollar card today that's what we're going to talk about i'm chuck oliver i am the collector he's joe davis he's the dealer joe uh how's it been man
3: been doing great chuck looking forward to some lively talk today
2: Yeah, and I want to tell everybody we are here because of support from Oxygen Financial. I have been a client of Oxygen personally, me and my wife, for several years, and it's investment taxes, long-range planning, short-term stuff, all of it. Love everybody up there. Cannot recommend them high enough. Uh, Oxygen Financial, breathe easier. Uh, Joe, also Sports Card Investor with Jeff Wilson. Uh, it's a guy that you've known for a long time. We were both part of the virtual a few weeks ago. Tell everybody about uh, Jeff and his YouTube channel and website and, and how awesome it is as a resource for investors and just folks in the hobby.
3: Yeah, Jeff does a fantastic job. He did a great job with the virtual. I was very thankful to get to be a part of that event. And he uh, provides incredible uh, analytical tools for sports card investors, those who want to not only collect for fun, but also profit in the hobby. So highly recommend his YouTube channel, Sports Card Investor, and his website.
2: All right. I said episode 18, tomorrow's million-dollar card
3: today.
2: Uh, specifically, Joe, uh, I want to ask you if, if you remember anything about the 2000 Playoff Contenders championship ticket, uh, just the set when it came out. Uh, because the Tom Brady autograph rookie card in there, uh, it's a limited edition. It might have been 10 of them or five of them. And it sold for, I think, $600,000 last year. The Trout 2009 Bowman Chrome, we'll talk about that. It went for almost a million in late May. Do you remember anything about the 2000 playoff contenders championship ticket set?
3: um i mean they all of i think they might have been i think there's actually more than that man i think they were 99 but i mean that they, regardless they're very very short printed and of course back in the day the first year who was buying tom brady you know so uh it obviously took him time had an early super bowl appearance and victory and uh he's taken off since then and but yeah it's shocking uh to see these six figure sales we even had one bigger than that recently we had the exquisite lebron just last month so for 1.8 million so you know it, it's staggering that modern cards are bringing these kind of oh. n- numbers
2: okay that's a great one and so the LeBron card you referenced is that an 04 or what what year would yeah. that be say that set it's, again
3: yeah it's 304 upper deck exquisite rookie patch auto. Sold for $1.8 million, uh, limited to 23 produced.
2: Okay, so, and I remember seeing that story. So let's talk about that. Obviously, you were a full time dealer for 15 years before that, had your store, you know, online, all of it. Um, Tell me, just talk a little bit about when that box came out, when that set Mm -hmm. came out, um, because that was a pull. Somebody, whoever had that card originally, just got it out of a pack. Um, and LeBron came with a lot of advance warnings, sort of the different, uh, you know, the opposite of Tom Brady. Um, just tell me about that, what you remember, maybe anything from that box that set when it
3: first debuted. Oh yeah. I remember. Well, I remember the day I got the order form for exquisite basketball. If I remember correctly, it was $500 and I was like, nobody's ever going to pay that. I remember we laughed, talked to other deals, but I was like, they have gone out of their minds. The box. They're- yeah for a box okay and i was like that's outrageous and uh so i didn't even order the product at that i was like you know they, they've crossed a the line now trying to charge that much for a product of course now those things are i have no clue what they are they're they're thousands and thousands of bots obviously you can pull a million dollar card out of one so um so things have definitely uh lebron card rookies in general are trending so strongly right now but that's obviously the elite i I, I Heard LeBron say, yeah, I know somebody else that has a couple of those. So apparently he put up a couple himself, I guess.
2: Well, let's uh, talk about then what might, could maybe be that card in 15, 20 years from now. And I'm just saying wide-ranging, whatever you want to talk about. What If somebody came to you and said, I'm pretty well healed, and I want to take a chance, I want to speculate, maybe $500, $800, maybe 8000 maybe a $10,000 new card or new-ish card from the past five years. Um, what is the Mahomes? What is the Acuna, the Tua, the Ja Morant card? What's the one to get if you really want to speculate with a chunk of cash?
3: Well, it even back with LeBron, for, for example, he had several different rookies. There's even more varieties now. With Mahomes, one that's already trending really strongly is his 17 Prism rookies and especially um, – you know, if you know autograph rookies. I mean, you, you name your flavor uh, when you talk about Mahomes because there's so many different sets that year. Um, when you're talking about guys like Acuna, of course, there's one of one cards. There's uh, you, know, you can go all the way back to his minor league cards, but the the ones that you see the most with him, since we do sell a lot of Acuna stuff, is your various 2018 rookie autographs. Uh, look for the ones that are numbered. Look for the, the more limited ones. Uh, I tell you, the the guy who just in the last few weeks, people are starting to load up on is Fernando Tatis Jr., and he was just this past year, 2019 rookie cards, and people are already paying big bucks for you know autographed rookies on him.
2: Let me ask you, and I've seen online because I just go, I, I typed uh, Tua rookie card 2020, and then from at eBay, and then price from highest going down. And I've already seen, you know, the limited numbered, maybe one of one, one of ten, whatever, autographed inserts, some of them six thousand, eight thousand, one, nine thousand dollars. Is there a two-a-card or a, a set with a two-a-card in it that you would say, you know what, if you want to take a shot, get this box or this pack or just go ahead and buy the
3: card? Well, the thing is, since there's very little out there with pro uniforms right now, most of those bigger Rarer, um, more sought-after rookies are going to be later in the, the year. Okay. Like the, the 2020 PRISM football, the NF, not, not the collegiate, but the uh, NFL version of it will have his PRISM rookie card. Um, like the counterpart, the Zion this year, graded PSA 10s are already about $700. So the Tua counterpart will be in the 2020 PRISM football. And of course, the borough will be in there as well. And then there will be the uh, silver parallel versions as well, which will be exponentially more. So uh, then there'll be products like National Treasures Football and Immaculate Football that'll have rookie patch autographs. it will have one-of-ones. Um, as a reference, this year, the Zion has not been pulled, but there are offers on the counter for $600,000 for the one-of-one one Zion National Treasures patch. And this is a guy who's played what 25 games, you know, imagine what it could become, you know. But uh, so they're already offering those kind of numbers for it,
2: yeah, Joe. And again, you've been a store owner and in the hobby, you've been in a hobby for 45 years, but you've been a store owner for, I mean, my gosh, 30 or so, 25. Um, I want you to go back in time because it was around maybe the early, but probably mid 90s is when cards got fun. Cards got shiny and sparkly and there were die cuts and parallels and red versions and green and platinum, ver- you know, you know what I'm talking about, everybody does. Um, you know, I'd referenced this in an earlier episode. I think the last new cards I bought were in 1998 and I got enamored with the press pass college football set it had all of the bells and whistles the textured cards the die cuts all of those things um, can you talk about just that time in the hobby and maybe even the oddball press pass set which is not worth much 22 years later but it's still kind of a cool set and it was right there in that sort of window when all these cool innovations started happening
3: yeah it was uh I think it started of course I mean you first started seeing a differentiation but from base cards I guess with 92. 92- tops because you started seeing the gold parallels but then came 93 like 93 sp baseball had the die cuts which was if i remember the first time were less of a card made it more valuable because you yeah. would actually take some cardboard away and then that developed fleer uh fleer and skybox really took things to another level in the mid-90s late nights with some of their basketball designs to this day, some of those cards are so sought off so sought after I remember there was the jambalaya insert, which was a, uh, rounded, um, uh, plastic coated card, uh, that they did in the late nineties and the, the Jordan card and the Kobe card. They're, uh, they're very, very pricey now. Uh, yeah, the press pass, if I remember, didn't they have like the Torquers inserts? I think that was the name of one of the inserts they did press pass. Uh, um, it had the man
2: Peyton Manning's first cards were a yeah. big, big selling point for it too. Right. right. Well, Joe, uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a little vintage next. That is on the collector and the dealer vintage, modern, everything else in today's sports card world. I told you we're here because of support from oxygen financial. They're a sponsor of the collector and the dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part, thanks to oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more. And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better, and my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial, and that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-Day Budget Cleanse as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020 just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit OxygenFinancial.com.
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at NaturalBody.com.
1: A popular thought in the sports card world is that there's two camps those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, sportscardinvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts, and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting SportsCardInvestor.com.
2: Welcome back to The Collector and the Dealer, Episode 18. Joe, uh, let's jump into the vintage part of this. I am to the point in a few of my sets where most collectors get, where, all right, you've picked off all the low-hanging, reasonably-priced fruit, And you look up, and all you have are some expensive cards and rarities, star cards, etc. I'm going to give you an example of this. 1969 top set I'm putting together. I've picked off literally every other card. I need Seaver, Ryan, an upgraded mantle, and then 11 white letter variations. Uh, I am having to now check auction houses and their catalogs for the few high-dollar cards I still need. Um, walk me through this process because I have, it's been 20 years since I bought from an auction house and I know that it has not only rapidly expanded, but it's a different environment when it comes to auctions, uh, in the sports card market right now, just if you could give me a general overview of what I may experience now re-entering the auction market as a collector.
3: Yeah, you have to be careful because I mean, the thing is some of the buyers in auction houses, they really got deep, deep pockets. And that's why sometimes people can sign there because the cards will bring a premium sometimes. Um, One thing you got to be aware of is the buyer's premium. Um, I often have got caught up bidding and then I go, okay, I'm happy with that price. Then I go, oh, wait a minute. There's another 18% on top of that or 20% or whatever, depending on what auction you're bidding in. So you've got to keep that in mind. Um, so you're not just paying sales tax, you're paying a significant premium on top of your purchase price. So that's one thing to be aware of. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I have worked closely. We're actually a national rep for Huggins and Scott auctions. We've handled a lot of consignments for them and, and consigned items ourselves to them. Uh, we've worked with heritage auctions in the past. There's a lot of really good companies out there, but, uh, the buyer, uh, or the seller, either one. You have to be very aware of the terms involved because there are. That's how they make their money: is yeah. the fees on top of the actual prices.
2: And, and it could be a hammer fee as well as what Joe's talking about. Uh, You know, buyer's premium. I buy something for ten thousand dollars. It ain't ten thousand dollars. It it may be eleven thousand nine hundred dollars uh, with a yep. buyer's premium. But then there's a hammer fee as well. Well, we sold it for ten thousand. So for the seller, it may be a five percent or ten percent fee. And not all a, all. Auction houses charge a hammer fee, though. Is is that right?
3: Yeah, it bear, and you can usually. Um, in the past, I've had luck negotiating reduced consignment fees. Like I had a, a Babe Ruth signed baseball, couple, uh, maybe two years ago, and you know their normal fee was going to be like fifteen percent, and I got them down to five percent. So, like the higher dollar uh higher value, the item you're consigning, you can usually get a little bit better rate.
2: So the unopened 8687 FLIR case that just went for $1.8 they probably didn't have to pay full freight
3: on it? Yeah, I would hope not for them. I hope they didn't pay 15% on that.
2: Um, and I also want to get, um, because I know this is important for you, uh, the latest on the grading services, uh, some of their increased fees, the current turnaround time, which you know you may respond, yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, but you are a, an authorized submitter, I know, an authorized dealer with PSA. Uh, yep. Just other info about submitting cards right now, uh, certainly I would say everybody do it through an authorized dealer. You're just going to wind up coming out better on every end. But, Joe, just give us an idea because Beckett, PSA, I know that they've been increasing their fees lately, and it's good business because there's such a backlog. I mean, they're not driving
3: customers away right yeah it seems like right now no matter what they charge people are going to keep submitting but literally before we got on the phone today i just had a customer email me and said i'm chipping you another 5000 cards for psa we we offer a pre screening service we offer uh, a little bit faster turnaround times than the general public gets so uh, on our website gotbaseballcards.com we detail all of that but the um Industry, as I was telling this client, I said I have never seen a greater demand for graded cards, and I've been submitting them for 22 years. Um, there is a backlog because of the demand. We we actually recommend uh, there's the basic service, and then there's kind of the little bit faster service, which is about $10 more, um, but the turnaround time is about three times as fast. So we we back my own personal stuff. I've been opting for that service lately costs more on the front end, but it saves you months of turnaround because on the, the slow boat rate right now is about sometimes five to six months. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, and, and as hard as they're, I mean, I I work closely with my account rep at PSA and to my knowledge, they're basically working uh, like around the clock because I get emails from them at three in the morning say, Hey, this order shipping tomorrow, this, you know, here's your grades for this order. And it can be two in the morning, four in the morning. They're, they're emailing me. So, so they're doing everything they can. I know they've added a lot of new staff recently. I think they've even added more space. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane, the demand for graded cards. There's a part of that's the investors, so many investors coming back into the sports card industry, and they want to know exactly what they're getting.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's um, it's really driving the industry right now, and the and the wait times have gone up. And I was, you know, I've always said if you're selling out every game or every concert, you're not charging enough for your tickets, and so that's what, uh, like I said, Beckett, PSA, a few others have done as well, raising those prices. All right, Joe, I want to, you know, you mentioned we call this the collector and the dealer, and you were just talking about your mail order business and all. Uh, We don't do this often enough. Tell folks, people can't buy from me. I buy and keep it. You buy it to sell it. Uh, Tell everybody how to get in touch with you and then how to do commerce with Joe Davis and and Got Baseball Cards.
3: Yeah, I mean, we sell on a lot of different platforms. Our primary one is our website, GotBaseballCards.com, where we offer, we have a huge selection of graded cards, unopened boxes, sets, singles, supplies, you name it. Uh, We offer free shipping on everything over $199. We also have our retail store in Loganville, Georgia, uh, which we're doing curbside pickups only right now, uh, Tuesday through Saturdays, and then we sell on eBay, where we have about six hundred thousand items listed right now under seller. Our seller ID is just got baseball cards, and we have a wide variety of cards on there, from from ninety-nine cents up to you know five or ten thousand, depending on what day you log on.
2: All right, it's the end of the episode. You know what it means, Joe. <laughs> buys a box that's right uh, we always drop the new episodes on a Thursday or Friday just ahead of the weekend and Joe uh, for all the new product and even some recent you know older product you can just turn around on the shelf and grab one but it still costs you money you still got to buy it uh, we always talk about you're going to buy a box uh, how much is it going to cost uh, what you're going to rip and what are you going to find in it for this week uh, what box are you buying
3: as you all of your, all of our listeners know, I love the NBA and with the playoffs in full swing. Now I would open a box of 1920 Chronicles basketball, but instead of opting for the hobby box, I'm going to go for the fat pack box Well, the cellos. Some call it 12 packs per box, 15 cards for pack. So I get 180 cards. It is loaded with a variety of different designs. It's like, I don't know how many, 10 products in one, you know, different. So I uh, had a customer who had us open a box for him and on video and he got uh, several different Zion rookie cards, several different Ja Morant rookie cards. So it's, it's a lot of fun uh, for the price, but it's, it's still steep. It's about half the price of a hobby box. The uh, They run about 450, 475 a box, but uh, your really going
2: to let you rip that.
3: Uh, If if I get enough Zions to grade to get my money back, how's that?
2: (laughs) All right. So the 2019-2020 Chronicles basketball, and he's going fat, all right? So about 450, 475. We also wrap it up with Chuck's Vintage Set of the Week, brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier with oxygen. And, Joe, um, there is only one rule that I, I really do follow, and it's not a rule, but it's just something I go by. Never start a set that you know you can't finish. Um, and I know I can't finish a T two Oh six, but I'm starting it anyway. Uh, but so it's not a rule for this next one, but I think I've gotten myself into a pickle. I, my vintage set of the week and I love it. 1965 tops football. I've realized that, you know, my whole thing is building perfect, immaculate, like pack fresh vintage sets. This is a set where one card carries what ninety to ninety five percent of the value of the entire set. And I realized well, it would have just been a lot easier. And honestly, for the point of any resale twenty, thirty years down the road, it's just the name of the card. But I love the set anyway. Just give me your overview of sixty five tops football.
3: Yeah. Uh I think you just picked up some of those from us at the uh last show, if I remember. Um yeah, it's a beautiful set. Um Tall the boys. name yeah, the Namath is the key. I love the story behind the Namath because if you if you know the story behind it, they took the photo for the Namath while he was in the hospital. And so everybody says he looks kind of pale. It's because he really was. And uh, they said they, he was standing against a hospital wall and uh, was very run down. I forgot what he had surgery, some kind of surgery. he was a knee surgery,
2: yeah. Was a, I saw him telling that story on David Letterman.
3: Yeah, and so that is the key card. But there are, are other Hall of Famers in the set. Um, just beautiful colors. It is so hard for those who are building a meticulously, you know, a high grade set like you are. The centering is so tough. Yep. Uh, because you'll see miscuts, galore in it. You'll see, you know, off left to right, off top to bottom. So yeah, it's it's definitely um it's definitely a serious project when you when you endeavor to build a, a nice and, clean set of that.
2: And I'm sure you were like me. I mean like 77 tops. I was I think I was third grade. I remember opening it and the worst thing Joe was to see that bright orange card because it was the checklist. And yep. I re- I remember it was like a second grader third grader. I didn't think checklists were real cards. Um and so I would just throw I wouldn't even mark them. I just throw them away. When you get back into the, really into the 60s, there are various sets where the checklist is its own pursuit. Um, And the 65 Tops football, there is a really nice checklist in there. Uh, There's the Bolitnikoff rookie, as you said, tons of other Hall of Famers that you need to get their cards. But uh, really the Namath card carries the day, and I absolutely love it. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of The Collector and the Dealer. Join us next week for another trip back to Vintage. Also modern and everything else in today's sports card world.